welcome once again to It's More Than Just Fights podcast brought to you by the Sporting Lounge. I am your host, the real deal, Ricky Roller. I uh, I want to apologize about the, the delay. I know it's been, oh gosh, I think probably about a month <clears throat> since our last episode dropped. Um, went through some technical changes, um, had a few alterations made, um, tried to work on some things, busy behind the scenes setting some things up hopefully some some big news coming soon and some pretty big guests coming soon to the podcast uh but i know i promised the fans that the next episode we would touch on pro wrestling and uh, i've done it once before with mma boxing i figured might as well do it again because i'm not going to keep you guys waiting any longer and unfortunately we don't have a co-host today so this will be a solo episode um, however, this episode is going to cover pro wrestling, um, AEW, WWE, a little bit of TNA rumors, uh, Ring of Honor. Um, last time we were with you guys on the pro wrestling tip, I do believe, let me double check while I'm looking before I misspeak like I do so frequently. Yeah, the last time, unfortunately, wow, it was the beginning of June, guys, looks like, uh, we talked about uh, Night of Champions and Double or Nothing, and uh, we've definitely had a lot of changes and come a long way since then. Um, I'm slightly behind on my, my pay-per-views over the holiday weekend uh, with All In and Payback and then uh, All Out over the last you know week or so. We've had, had quite the plenty, plentiful amount of pay-per-views. Um, we did have a few in between there. Um, couple guest appearances couple guest matches that people I didn't think seen coming but uh one thing that everybody did see coming that uh I want to touch on a little bit as I tried to pull up all out to finish finish watching the rest of that up myself um is the bloodline saga um we all talked about it we all had our opinions on it you know myself included and I still think Solo is going to be the one to dethrone um Roman uh, we did see uh, the Usos separate, and as those of you that may have seen this past weekend at Payback, um, Jay has returned, and they are on separate brands. You know, they get, they got their own push finally as solo characters, which is nice to see. See for the Usos, you know them. Them guys been around a long time, and you know you look at great tag teams that have been around for a long time. You know, like the New Day, and unfortunately, I mean they they give. Xavier his push with the video game stuff, but everybody knows that that is a true hardcore fan from Xavier Woods back in his TNA days when he was what was I do believe Apollo is the the name that he went by back then uh, rocked the afro with the American flag shorts and was a great top guy over there and he hasn't gotten quite the singles push that Kofi and Big E have gotten. Uh, the Hardys got good single pushes when they were there, you know, ECW world titles. Um, Dudley's all got good singles pushes to a degree. Um, Evolution, you know, they did any any tag team that's ever really maintained and had a big push has always got a chance for a singles run. Except for the Usos. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that they're finally getting their dues when it, it comes to singles runs. Sorry, I got a little distracted by the pay-per-view. But, uh, 
I definitely definitely didn't see the bloodline story going the way it has. I'm curious to see there's rumors floating that other family members might be brought in, more cousins from um, I think some of them are in MLW or uh, might be GCW, I'm not sure some of the the more known indie leagues, but there's rumors that the bloodline is supposed to increase in size, but I don't see how that happens, especially after, you know, storylines like Solo with the strike on Roman after Roman, you know, accidentally hit him with the spear and, you know, all, all the different seeds that they're planting for the debacle and the demise of the bloodline. They've been doing that for months, and I feel like it got repetitive to a degree to the point that the creative recognized that and they're just per se blowing the whole idea up at this point they, they don't know what direction to go where to go everybody gets their own singles run solo turns on roman and we blow the whole damn thing up i don't know how well that's gonna work i don't know if that's what they're doing but personal opinion just from my perspective that that's the outlook I have on things, I could be completely wrong on everything, you know, who, who knows, but uh, Edge, I wanted to touch on that for a minute with you guys to uh, abruptly change subjects, leave you guys hanging like that on that bloodline one like they do all the time in the shows, you know, but uh, Edge wrestled his last, well, supposedly, hypothetically, his last WWE match, at least the last one that was on that contract against Sheamus uh, a couple SmackDowns ago, and uh, left everybody with some kind of mixed signals after that match. Um, went to social media to address things, to tell people he wasn't on sour terms. He's got a contract sitting in his inbox from WWE. He just doesn't know what he's going to do. And he doesn't want anybody to feel any type of way regardless what he does so I mean again everybody's entitled to their opinion solo episode really sucks not having someone to bounce this off of my personal opinion I think it's a matter of time before Adam Adam Copeland Edge ends up all elite honestly I mean especially now after the Jungle Boy Jack Perry CM Punk issue and the firing of CM Punk um, if you didn't know that, now you know. Huh. CM Punk had an altercation with Jungle Boy Jack Perry backstage after a promo was cut. Punk confronted him backstage. A verbal altercation ensued. Punk was pushed. Punk then struck and attempted to quote-unquote choke out huh, Jungle Boy. Um, Tony Khan's quote was that he felt as though his life was in danger that night. So Punk was terminated. We'll dive into that a little bit further here in a moment but back to the edge statement i feel as though AEW needs that now you know they they need somebody they can bring in that's a top level star the caliber and the fan base of cm punk minus the baggage and somebody that's that is appealing to the eye on mic and in ring to distract you from all the negativity that you've had going on regarding CM Punk. I mean, everybody's, you know, making their puns and jokes, you know, Kenny Omega on the Elite with the Pepsi and Grayson Waller with the Pepsi can. Everybody's, you know, shooting their shot at Punk, but six months, 
give the guy a six-month contract. Let him compete from Survivor Series until WrestleMania in Philly. He's an ECW guy. As, as And I know there's hardcore ECW fans out there screaming their head off at me right now, saying, CM Punk's not ECW. CM Punk is WWE ECW. You're right. He's not original ECW. But, unfortunately, we have to accept the fact that there was a, a fan base after us, <laughs> after the original ECW days, and they were drawn to the new WWE ECW, and CM Punk was a main face of that for a while. And they're going back to Philly. It would make sense to bring CM Punk back. And it was rumored that CM Punk was willing to leave AEW in November of last year to seek out a Royal Rumble return. But it was unclear as to which party was unwilling, whether AEW to release or WWE to sign. So, just a little little seed I can plant for you guys there hypothetical flip-flop we see Edge go all elite and we see CM Punk pop up in WWE you know I mean it's clear Paul Levesque doesn't have full control of things anymore Triple H for those of you that don't know his real name he uh made a, a statement the other day that if Shane McMahon was brought back in any way shape or form with authority and power that he would seek other adventures is what he said um so he's no longer having the full say-so of the hire and fire anymore. You know, he can have personal issues as much as he wants, but he's been quoted himself since Punk's return to AEW stating, you know, what's good for business is good for business. And he sells tickets. How many tickets? That's yet to be determined if he was to return to WWE. CM Punk's name will always be a draw because of the controversy, but is the baggage really worth it? You don't have that worry when it comes to Edge with AEW. AEW needs to, if not Edge, that in my opinion they fumbled the bag and dropped the ball when they had RVD do the one-off and lose to Jungle Boy for the FTW. That was another opportunity to snag a name that you could have used like Sting. You know, somebody that could have drew in another fan base for you that, that could have could have helped build something for your company and helped a lot of these younger stars. Instead, you have guys so egotistical like Jungle Boy and and the Young Bucks and and Adam Page. You know they're they're having confrontations and having issues with these guys. It's like Bully Ray said on his podcast. You know somebody like a Billy Gunn or a Sting needs to sit these guys down and tell them. You know, look, you you, you got to start taking this advice and there's a certain way of doing things and. The book is being rewritten, and, and it's not going over well in the AEW locker room. That's why a lot of guys said it was going to be so dysfunctional was due to the amount of freedom that all these different minds would have in the back. So this this is it's interesting to see how things are unfolding in AEW with CM Punk. You know, it's 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 definitely not what everybody expected it to be, but it, it's definitely exposing both ends in my opinion um outside of the edge and the cm punk rumor mill we know ronda rousey has now confirmed her exit um it's rumored whether or not she will be returning to ufc or not oh 
Sorry, sitting here watching All Out. Definitely caught me off guard. Looks like Samoa Joe may finally get his push. He's uh, choking MJF out. Definitely not what I expected to see. So, sorry to be off topic, guys, but I guess that's what comes with a, a episode when I'm live watching a pay-per-view, huh? I, I would love to see that personally. But we'll, uh, we'll dive into that, I guess, here in a minute now, too. But, um... Yeah, sorry. Once again, got distracted. Rousey's Rousey's not expected back anytime soon in in any pro wrestling format, and I would love personally to see Shayna Baszler get the push she deserves. and And I like the way they're using her. I like the way she's been pushed. I just don't know how they're going to try to elevate her to a Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair level. I I just nah. I don't think that she has WWE looks for a certain look that's all been known and Rousey still to a degree had that sex appeal sell not saying Baszler can't have that but they've portrayed her so long as a character that doesn't have that that would be hard to get over so if she does get a push she does get a title reign I unfortunately for that reason because of the way the WWE is I don't see her reign being long term or even really relevant which is unfortunate for her she's somebody like Samoa Joe as I was just referring to what happened on All Out definitely deserves their flowers at this point and and it's nice to see her get the win over Rousey and Rousey be willing to do that for a friend on her way out it kind of shows her you know that she's not as egotistical as people maybe thought you know that she understands the sport to a degree and wants to like I said, per se, give her flowers to Shayna, you know, and give her that win. I, I love the fact that they did that MMA-style fight, and they, they allowed Shayna to get the win. I just don't feel like WWE is utilizing Shayna in the right way. They're doing that with a lot of superstars. Um, but that's that's WWE creative, you know. Sometimes it's a home run, sometimes it's foul ball. It all is, is what it is, you know. You got to take it or leave it, and... I'm one of those that no matter how garbage it can be, even if it's, you know, something like the Spirit Squad back in the day or, unfortunately, the way Hit Row is getting treated now, you know, uh, I'll take it regardless because it's, I can appreciate the aspect and the athleticism of it. But uh, outside of rumor mill news, we did just see at Payback, um, Seth Rollins defend against Shinsuke Nakamura. That, that was an amazing match. I uh, like the fact that they finally gave Shinsuke a push, you know, especially after being gone as long as he was dealing with his injuries. You know, it's it's nice to see another older guy get his flowers again. But um, Seth Rollins and his new big gold belt, I think we all know what that's perluding to, what that's going to eventually develop into. That's going to be Cody completing and finishing the story because he's been there done that so when he gets that chance it's it's already been written how it's going to go but they have to like with the Brock match with Cody and now I do believe he's got something going with uh, I think it might have been Jay I could be wrong I apologize if I am one of the Usos um, he, he had a brief rivalry with Dominic they, they're 
making him go through all the the big faces and the big names to get him reaccommodated with the casual fan that doesn't know the backdrop story on Cody Rhodes and his dad and Cody's departure from WWE and his dad's death and then the founding of AEW, so on and so forth. So it's allowing the casual to have a reason to cheer him and, you know, WWE being, you know, a part of Endeavor now and being a entity that they always have been now times 10, it, it's, they're going to be smart with everything. And do I like it? No. Is it good booking? Not always. Is it going to make for great profit margin and sales when it's all said and done? Yeah, the potential is very high. And that's that's a typical WWE move. It's 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 expected from them at this point. It's just sad to see it happen to Cody Rhodes the way it is. Um, he uh, he he definitely definitely deserves to complete his story. I would have personally liked to see it be against Roman, but I feel like. At this point, with the new belt, I, don't, I honestly think they're going to have Roman beat all right. I, I think it's, I'm probably wrong, but I think it's San Martino that, that's got the longest reign. And I do believe that they're going to have Roman hold it the longest ever, which is unfortunate. Because I do believe that longest reign is like seven and a half years or something like that. It's 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 ridiculous. Um that that's WWE being WWE though. Um, they did kind of throw a wrench at me, and I don't know how many of you guys on uh, the SmackDown before Payback when Cena came out and announced he was not only hosting Payback, but he was going to be back for a few months on SmackDown. I left a pause there to let you guys think on that for a minute. Why are they bringing John Cena back? He just released Vacation Neighbors or something like that on Netflix. You know, he, he had the Marvel series or whatever it was that he did. Uh, I can't even remember the name of it now, which is kind of sad because I watched the whole series and he's halfway decent. But uh, he, he's, he's had a lot going on in Hollywood and... I can't recall, I, I was an Attitude Era baby, I can't recall a time where after The Rock legitimately left and went Hollywood, he came back for multiple months. I can remember, you know, maybe video appearance, and then an interview somewhere, and then he'd wrestle at a pay-per-view. He, he never returned for months at a duration. So I'm curious to see who they're trying to put over... Cena, because I feel like that's the only reason he would come back, is Cena, he doesn't need the money. I mean, he might need the push publicly to help with his, his movie and his Hollywood career, but he's coming back to put someone over. And I, I don't know about all you guys, but uh, I'm definitely with the Yeah movement, and I ain't talking Daniel Bryan. L.A. Knight. That guy deserves a push. He deserves a belt. They screwed him on Money in the Bank. That should have been him. I love that Priest has it because I love the way everybody thought Judgment Day was going to be a joke and it was going to be a flop and it wasn't going to succeed. And that That's a damn good faction. 
that is a damn good faction. Rhea Ripley leading that and having her little errand boy, her little her little sub Dom Dom. I I love that. And then she's got her hitman priest and they got the loudmouth and Balor who's about to get kicked and then pulls a card that helps him out like JD McDonough. You know, I, I, I love what they got going with Judgment Day. But Priest shouldn't have got that money in the bank. That that should have been LA Knight. LA Knight I don't see him dethroning Rollins because, like I said, I feel like they're going to complete that story. Rhodes wins Royal Rumble this year, and he challenges Seth because he's been there, done that, which is unfortunate. Um, Gunther did just set the longest Intercontinental title run. I, I could see LA getting a push to get that, but he's not even on that brand consistently. They got him on SmackDown. So, the United States title, the one that, the one that Rey Mysterio just beat Theory and defended. I mean, I love Rey, but the U.S. belt doesn't have the same, the same recognition that it used to. It, it almost feels like the hardcore title at this point. And everybody says the hardcore and twenty four seven are the same thing. No, they're not. When the hardcore belt was legitimate, and they had guys like Raven and. And Steve Blackman and Mankind and Hardcore Holly, Al Snow, you know, they had Dean Malenko, D'Lo Brown, you know, those guys, Bradshaw before he was JBL, you know, those were good hardcore matches. And they started in the ring or in the back locker room and finished in the ring. That belt was like a third tier belt. It wasn't a gimmick belt like the 24-7. And that's almost how the United States title is starting to feel because they have the second tier world title on their brand. You know, no, nobody compares the belt that Rollins has to both belts that Reigns has. They just don't, which is unfortunate. But they had to do something because some some reason, somehow, they're, they're pushing Roman like they are. And I... I don't understand how they've been able to do it this long, but they've managed to this point. Hats off to them. But it got boring. And everybody knows that's the only reason Rollins' belt is here. is because everybody got sick of seeing Roman be the champ. Well, now we have more than one champ. And that's... I mean, I get it. You know, like I said, I was an Attitude Era baby, so I remember the WWF title and the World Heavyweight title, the big gold belt, and then... The, the blue and gold eagle belt you know I, I was around for that so I understand the concept behind it but can we make Roman get rid of one of his belts at least okay can we get a new belt for Roman where they're both in one so we ain't got to deal with this three belt nonsense anymore it's 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 kind of ridiculous it makes Rollins belt look gimmicky and it, it kind of takes away some of the the recognition to it. So it is. LA Knight isn't isn't set for anything major looking forward, which is sad. And I feel like that's why they have Cena there is to help him. And I just don't. Again, this is it could be a home run or it can be a foul ball by the WWE. We'll have to see because this one's definitely throwing me for a loop. I love to see Cena back. I love his work. I love him and the Miz together. That promo was gold. You're almost 50 and you're still dressed like a Teletubby. Cena couldn't even help but break character and laugh at that one. That, that was a good one. 
you know it's nice it's it's nice to see them old school promos where guys don't write their shit down and practice it 300 times in the back locker room they know each other well enough to just make it work so it is nice to see a guy back that can do that but I just don't see the purpose for bringing him back what good it's really going to do for for anybody at this point in time like you used him for theory and that helped theory and then the company got sold and theory completely died off so what was the purpose the first time so let's run it back and try to do it again and we'll get it right this time hopefully see like I'm sitting here now watching some all out they're doing the promo preview Darby Allen Luchasaurus TNT title you know this is their second title their minor title and it's got extreme value you know it's looked at just as high almost as the AEW title because it's defended so frequently like an actual network or television title should be then you have the international title Orange Cassidy John Moxley for that you know that's another belt that's defended on a regular. It, it holds value. People see it. They they recognize it. They know what it is. I honestly don't think half the people that are casuals, if I was to hold six belts up, and in that six belts I had three AEW titles and I had three WWE titles, I would think that more people would be able to name the AEW titles due to the amount of screen time that they get. You see these belts every week being defended, maybe twice a week. It, it legitimizes the title. It makes you feel like, that's why that guy's got that belt. He's done this, that, and the third, or the promo he cut about that belt means this much to him. I don't feel that way with Seth with the big gold belt. Everybody's entitled to feel how they want, right? I think Big Gold, I think like Batista, Triple H, those of you that, you know, are okay, you know, Benoit, I think, you know, before that, I think NWO era, I think, you know, short, twisty hair, Booker T, you know, five time, five time, five time, five time, five time, WCW world, you know, that's, that's the Big Gold belt. It's always meant something. I hate how the WWE has belittled the big gold belt now. I don't I don't feel like they then again they're not allowed to be called belts. I do believe that was one of the words that was banned was belt. Back in the day when Vince ran everything and made the rules, he didn't like the term belt. It was a title or a championship. It's not a belt. A belt holds your pants up. I get that, but that's old school, man. Those are title belts. You know, it's a UFC title belt. It, it's the WBC title belt. You know, it's because it goes around your waist like belt. <laughs> and it just... The difference between the companies is shown, but like I said earlier, it's definitely exposed a lot of behind the scenes. And that's a lot of what draws fans now, though, is they know the behind the scenes drama because of the internet, because of social media, because of outlets like mine right here. So they look for that personal issue and they look like when Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks was a fan, 
at All In, they made sure to pan her in the crowd, find her at least twice, and pop her name up on the screen. And put it on in Wembley so the crowd could react. So, it, it's things like that that has changed the way fans are. Fans popped and reacted on that because they know that's the former WWE champ that walked out. Yes, she was a tag champ at the time, but she's been the major champ for the women before. The the reason to watch pro wrestling has definitely changed, which is part of the reason why I bring you guys this podcast is to try to still highlight and focus on the athleticism and the work that these superstars put in, these wrestlers put in, these men and women put in in the ring. And with that said, as I'm getting ready to watch a match on All Out between Luchasaurus and Darby Allen, Darby Allen is a prime example of that. That guy would never get some time in the WWE, but his, his willingness to put his body on the line, his athleticism, his cardio is absolutely insane. And what makes Darby a great wrestler, in my opinion, is those things combined with the ability to sell. Whether it's from being a stuntman or whatever, the the kid can sell everything. He makes everything he does believable. Whether he's throwing somebody into something, bouncing off of something, his, his matches are enjoyable for anybody that can appreciate the athleticism. And I feel like that's what AEW highlights a lot more of is the athleticism of the wrestlers. Um, speaking of athleticism, I want to jump back on that that payback pay-per-view. My opinion, match of the year to this point. Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch, Steel Cage. I was impressed, but I was blown away when Trish hooked her legs in the top of the steel, hung upside down like you would from the monkey bars outside of the cage, not even in where if she slips, she falls on the mat. Plant got hit, struck, pulled back in, and then superplexed. This is Trish Stratus's first ever steel cage match. She's been competing in WWE since the early 2000s. Left and then returned again. This is a Hall of Famer already. And she's taken superplexes from the top of the steel cage. The the back and forth in that match, the ability to sell every move, the the athleticism of a woman at Trisha's age to still be able to hit the top rope bulldog and the chick kick at the drop of a hat and to take manhandle slams from top ropes and it it, it was if you guys haven't watched that one, find a way to go look it up. YouTube, bootleg it, I don't care. Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, Steel Cage, Payback, Match of the Year in my opinion. And I'm not one to be a huge fan of women's wrestling because most time it looks relatively fake unless it's top level because they just, they're afraid of the impact and they oversell, which is a thing. And this match blew blew me absolutely away. Um, another thing. Sorry, as solo guys, we're everywhere. Another thing that blew me away. Um, I'm sure many of you have heard the uh, the unfortunate passing of Wyndham Rotunda Bray Wyatt. Um, 
I didn't want to leave this untouched. I do want to speak upon this because I watched Husky Harris <laughs> turn into Bray, turn into The Fiend, turn into Bray. And that man's creative ability and, and his work was impeccable. When you have a man like Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, pass you the torch willingly on an anniversary episode, you know you're something special. And the pro wrestling community and potentially Hollywood with the movie he was getting ready to make lost a very special and talented individual that entertained all of us every time he was on our screens. So uh, with that said, I do want to give remembrance to Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda. I was an unfortunate loss that we suffered here in the pro wrestling community and unfortunately right around the same time we lost the uh, the funk master the great Terry Funk um, one of the greatest hardcore wrestlers of all time one of the greatest old-school wrestlers of all time Terry sold everything every time he did it whether it was a promo or a move in the ring he gave you a hundred hundred and ten percent every time so uh, I did want to touch on on those moments sorry for throwing that right in the middle of the episode there guys I wanted to make sure I got those mentions out there at least um, with that said uh, I've been sitting here watching this all out uh, seeing the Luchasaurus Darby match uh, and the tape around Darby Allen's lower back the coffin match with Christian Cage and Swerve Strickland Darby Allen, Sting, all in. Sting blows my mind more and more every time I see him compete. Mid-60s and still out there doing, granted AEW smart, they have him do a leg drop, so as long as his lower back and his lumbar ain't too severe, or his hips and leg drops your safest bet through a table when you're hitting another guy. But to see him doing things like that at the age he's at, that's, it's highly impressive. Um, Darby with that coffin drop I think it was two times he did a coffin drop onto a coffin once in the ring and once out of the ring the one out of the ring actually dented the metal on the coffin you could see his body imprint from the impact and that's that that match was absolutely brutal I can't believe I'm sitting here and watching the same man seven days later six days later. oh no I lied <laughs> this would have been six days from the time it aired so about I think this is actually the next day or the next week forgive me for not knowing which I'm, I'm distracted by the match at the moment because he's doing things that most guys struggle to sell to do and he's fully committing and it, it's unreal I love the the gimmick that Luchasaurus has I don't know if anybody else has caught his entrance music and the the red tint to all of his attire now and and the pyro that he uses anybody remembers early Kane like 2000 2001 Kane it was the same style and Paul Bearer came out with him and he would stand behind Paul Bearer and he would twitch his head left and right and move it real slow back Luchasaurus learned a lot of what he does from watching Mark Glenn that's apparent he he or Jacob Glenn he learned a lot of it from Kane 
and it, it's it shows clearly and I love the gimmick Christian Cage with holding the title that's not really his he did the same thing early in his days in in WWE I think it was the Intercontinental title that Edge won and he wore it as if he did you know it's 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 a story for the hardcore fans that relates back but it also draws in the new young crowd because all they see is a whiny old guy on the screen with this big monster so now Darby is their superhero and that's that's what sells you know that's their they're accommodating both genres, which is nice to see in AEW. Um, honestly, if I was to sit here and continue to give you guys evaluations and, and breakdowns, I probably couldn't give you as much as I should be able to on WWE right now, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, AEW with the random, they, they had the random drawing tag team tournament. Brian Cage and Big Will ended up together in the finals against MJF and Adam Cole of all people. They end up winning the tournament, having a hell of a match with FTR, can't get the job done, go to All In, win the Ring of Honor tag titles at the beginning against Aussie Open, which in my opinion, Will Ospreay, Kyle Fletcher, and I can't remember the other gentleman's name, that trio is amazing. That all three of them guys are fantastic athletes and, and put on amazing matches to watch. But they went out there and they got the win over them guys. They got this whole I'm better than you baby gimmick with the t-shirts. There's On top of that, they, they got the Darby, Luchasaurus, Christian Cage. Now they've incorporated Nick Wayne, Buddy Wayne's son, into the mix with Swerve Strickland and AR Fox turning heel and attacking them. We, we've had a lot, in my opinion, in AEW that has just drawn me in, you know, with the firing of CM Punk and, and the issues that happened there and everybody, you know, having their own opinions on that and how that should have been handled and then where does that leave the world champion because he had the real world champion, you know, NWO style, put your logo on it and then call it your belt. It, now we see Samoa Joe attacking MJF, you know, at All Out. As one's coming to the ring, as the other two are leaving, it's 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 intriguing to see where AEW is going. I I personally feel as though their storylines have been more interesting. It's definitely drawn me in more. You had the Stadium Stampede match. Didn't know didn't know who was going to be partnered with with the Blackpool Combat Club, and lo and behold, it, it ends up being LAX. Mike Santana and Ortiz come back. And I say Mike Santana because that's what they're addressing him as now. Mike Santana. Santana's going to get a push. Santana's going to finally get a shot at something. It, it's, it's nice to see guys putting their foot down and stating, if MJF can do it, I can do it. If he can demand things, I can demand things. You want me to come back, give me a reason. And... It's things like that, the behind the scenes. Not everybody that's a hardcore knows, you know, LAX was on a contract holdout. They had personal issues, this, that, and the third. Now they're back together. They want to resign, but they want big money, yada, yada. If you know that, then seeing LAX come back, you're like, oh, okay, so they figured it out. And and it it you know the behind the scenes. You're curious to see how they're going to be in the ring, how they're going to react. Are they going to sell? Are they, are they really here to stay? Is this a one and off? You know, we're... And you can tell most times from what happens in ring. 
So I apologize to those of you that expected to tune in and hear a bunch about, you know, Austin Theory and Rey Mysterio and LWO and that's not where my attention has been lately, guys. And I apologize fully for that. I will catch up on all that for you, but this AEW storyline, Young Bucks just debuted on Collision now that CM Punk's gone, you know, things they're having Young Bucks and FTR team up to go against Bullet Club Gold because Bullet Club Gold beat Young Bucks, Omega, and uh, Hangman. You know, it, it's it's things are things in AEW. You can tell what ones are personal, what ones are real, what ones are scripted, and you can enjoy all of it. it it's to the point now to where I do believe we have Hobbs and Miro in a rivalry, and I think Lana is debuting or or debuts at All Out. I haven't seen it yet. Forgive me. Um, I may be speaking on something I know nothing about, but I'm pretty confident that I, I did see that, that she is now debuted in AEW. So AEW is willing to spend money on whomever they need to spend money on to try to please the fans, which I love to see. And what tops it off is the storylines and the athletic talent that they have in the ring. So this... This episode, unfortunately, as Luchasaurus pins Darby Allen and retains the TNT title after two continual tombstones and then throwing him headfirst into the turnbuckle. Um, but AEW definitely has drawn drawn my interest more than WWE lately, so I don't have much I can I can speak on much further than what I have regarding WWE, other than rumor mill. Um, outside of that, MJF and Adam Cole had an absolute absolute fantastic match I loved the back and forth and then MJF stating that they needed five or Adam Cole requesting five more minutes Adam Cole then was denied his five more minutes by MJF just like previous and MJF denied him to tell him they were going to go until there was a winner regardless Yeah. And then after that, Adam Cole takes the loss and gives MJF because MJF feels as though that's all Adam ever wanted because he threw the tag team title out of the ring was for the world heavyweight title shot. Adam then gives him a chance. MJF actually gave Adam a chance too. Both of them did. To take the free shot on each other with the belt and ruin the friendship. What do you think happened? Alright. If you didn't say they hugged it out like the best friends, then you're wrong. Because that's exactly what happened. MJF and Adam Cole hugged it out. And continued to be best friends. I don't know where AEW is going with this whole MJF, Adam Cole, best friends tag team, it gives me DX vibes almost. I don't know where the hell they're going with it, but I'm all for it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Because they're better than you, baby. So, with that said, I got about mm, three hours left in All Out. I've been with you guys for about 45 minutes tried my damnedest doing this by myself forgive me you know 
you know, go down rabbit holes. ADHD brain takes me elsewhere. But I tried to bring you guys up to date as briefly as I could, but as detailed as I could as to where things are sitting right now. You know, we still got um, Judgment Day did get a win at Payback for the tag team titles, so they have those now. Gunther still with the IC. Mysterio, like I said, beat Theory. Reigns and Rollins. Um, I haven't seen Cassidy and Moxley yet, so I'll have to let you guys know on that one. And then uh, Luchasaurus just retained a TNT, and MJF still with the world title. So as far as pro wrestling goes, I haven't seen any other big debuts other than the rumor mills with Edge and CM Punk, which we touched on a little bit. You know, it's it's everybody's kind of staying stationary, having their own stories, and I apologize for not being more detailed on WWE. I'll catch you guys up a little more next time. But as for me, I'm going to go ahead and finish up this pay-per-view. You guys have a great night. This has been It's More Than Just Fights with your host, by himself, The Real Deal, Ricky Roller.